What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again, the host table, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Good. Good to see you. Thank you. Sunday feels like forever ago. Yeah. We're recording a day late because of busy schedules. And we, so we used to record at 8 a.m. Do you remember the 8 a.m. days, Mark, where we would record this podcast? I do. Because it was painful. it's been in the afternoons, but it's Wednesday morning. Beautiful day yesterday and today. Uh, excited to be here, but thank you for rolling with the scheduling punches. Gladly. He's back with us, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Marky Mark, good to see you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you for- Welcome back from- thank, uh, yeah. Your vacation mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Nebraska, and congratulations, 40 years mm. since you first started ministry mm. out there in your little church in Nebraska. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What a yep. special well, time. It was hard, you know, when you're 10 years old and you start those things. <laughs> 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 but, you know, uh, they were very accepting. <laughs> the bar That's was neat. so low. No, <laughs> That's right. Um, guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. Uh God, government, and me, Mark, is what the the sermon notes were named. Very thorough online sermon notes, by the way. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yes. Uh, very helpful. But Alicia, I'll come your way first, and we'll unpack this thing. So I loved this sermon. I thought it was really neat to have this biblical theology overview mm. of um, just some truths regarding nations and governments. And the biggest takeaway I had was God is so big and so sovereign and all authority belongs to him ultimately. And he has allowed um, Satan to have some rule, but he's, he's limited. He is, he is on a, a leash and he can only go so far. And God in his goodness uh, uses the evil and the good to come together, to work together for his purposes, his uh, redemptive plan, and for the good of his people. And so for us Christians, I came away with so much hope and assurance in our great God. And um, I loved, Mm -hmm. you said at one point in your sermon, we stand under under the banner of the cross of Christ. Jesus is the victor. And um, that is so true. So it was a very encouraging hopeful message. And I think that as Dennis starts to unpack Romans 13, one through seven next week, um, we can just be going into that passage with assurance, knowing who our God is. Yeah. I I mean, let's be honest that that idea of God does, can cause a certain amount of uh, angst. Um, I mean, there are people, theologians who um, don't like the thought that God may have, uh, not may have, but uh, put up a, someone like a, a Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. in a position of power. What do you do with that? And, and it such, brings us such tension, you know, that, mm-hmm. well, God is loving and they can't ever picture God doing that. And so there is a view of God out there and a whole theology that says, that, that limits or questions God's sovereignty and that God limits himself, even in his knowledge, that uh, he would never do that. And so he's somewhat at the mercy of, of the powers of darkness, you know, and, and, and God, God reacts 
oh, oh, so Hitler or Idi Amin is put there. Mm. Whereas you've you've got to, if you take that view, I think you just got to, you do disservice to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Let's wrestle with the tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God, God uh, Habakkuk did that. I didn't mention that in my sermon, but Habakkuk wrestled with the, the prophet Habakkuk when he said, uh, um, I can't believe you're going to do this. Uh, I've got Habakkuk here where it says, um, how long, O Lord, will I call for help? And then because of his own people, the Jewish people were living in sin. And uh, God says, well, I'm going to do a work. Um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do something in your day. And it's going to bring the Chaldeans. Verse 6 of Habakkuk 1, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. And God says, I'm going to bring the Chaldeans and uh, I'm raising them up to destroy your people, you know, my chosen people. And then Habakkuk has to do a second look and say, well, I can't believe you do that, God. <laughs> you know, what kind of a God are you? You're not that kind of a God that fits in, you know. Well, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. And there's always this tension uh, with the sovereignty of God and and our struggles with that. Uh, but hey, he raises up one leader and he takes down another, and it's all according to a sovereign plan of his. I think, like you just said, Alicia, we find comfort. We can find comfort in that. Really, I'd rather have that kind of a God that's revealed in Scripture than a capricious uh, a God who's biting his fingernails, wondering, you know. What ruler is going to come on the scene next to mess things up? Well, and just the fact to knowing that God is in control of every single circumstance. And we see that, um, especially here at, at, at the cross and um, in John chapter 19, um, just before Jesus is getting ready to be crucified, Pilate, he said to Jesus, uh, you will not mm. speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he was del- he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, mm. the, here is Jesus getting ready to go to the cross. Pilate is, you know, well, he has all the power. No, he doesn't. And this is God's plan of redemption for his people, that he would go to the cross and yeah. be crucified. But yeah. the, the resurrection, oh, that, that is the sealed deal right there. Yeah. You know, can you imagine how humiliating or humbling or uh, challenging to one's ego, to a political leader, mm-hmm. to hear that say, you, no, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, even in our our current situation with a, say a Joe Biden as a president, we have some people questioning you know whether the election was stolen and and we, we can go into all that and 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 work is being done right now in some of the states to to recount and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the point of the sermon, what I was trying to bring about, is that let's get beyond the the, the this physical realm and realize. Mm-hmm. There are powers that are beyond us that are working these things out. There is a divine realm. There's a supernatural realm. And there's battles and war going on even at that realm. But God has the ultimate say, and nothing is thwarting his uh, intended purposes and the unfolding of God's plan. Um, 
that he has set it, that's bringing it to its consummated end. And one day the kingdom is going to come and Christ is, all the nations are going to bow before him. It's all according to God's plan that he is sovereign. Let's not not engage in the political arena. I tried to make an emphasis of that. We you did, yeah. we got a vote. We got to get involved. We can write mm-hmm. our our senators, which the you know early church couldn't do to their uh, to the Roman Senate. Um, but while we do all that, let's do it with a sense that our citizenship is in heaven. God is on the throne, and um, quite frankly, no matter how we vote, and no matter who gets in there, right. God still has a final say. He's got the last word. It doesn't mean that we should not, because I think we'll be held accountable as free citizens. Peter, we that last verse before we closed the worship service off was from First Peter. Mm-hmm. Act as free men. Yeah, you know, was the first thing that we are to do that, that Peter writes about. But um, let's keep the the biblical and heavenly perspective. And I guess my greatest concern is that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are not doing that well. Mm-hmm. That we're getting caught up in the craziness of the day and we are acting absolutely like um god is not on the throne mm. and w- what are we doing as believers well, with taking that kind of a perspective yeah i would add to that when we put our hope in, in something besides christ it's going to be something smaller and when it's hope in something smaller the enemy is going to be much more capable of destroying it and getting to you now because you're putting your hope in something else. That's right. And and we get to that point where we, we see, oh, oh, how did we get to where we got? Like the nation's in disarray. And it's so cool for me to sit there and see us go through scripture at the rate we did all over and see there's a biblical basis for how we ended up this way. Yeah. The foundation of nations. And Tim Keller tweeted yesterday that that what's happening is is what always has happened and it's a fallacy of recency we all have a recency bias we're here and now mm-hmm. and it's never mm-hmm. been like this before mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and his example is like if you look at a newspaper article from 1920s we look at it and we're like that's ridiculous why would they write like that talk like that talk about that if they looked at what we're posting in our new if they looked at CNN now they'd be like what happened yeah of course, really, no one watches CNN now. But anyway, <laughs> right, right. if they if they were, were looking at CNN today, they'd be one of a very few. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we we struggle with that. We yeah. and, and that's going to come down, I think, to a large view of ourselves and a small view of God that just really wrecks shop on our spiritual walk. Yeah. And as Christians, we're not um, we're not defeated. We shouldn't like just be well. It's just all mm. loss, or or well, it's all in the Lord's hand. I'm just going to do nothing. And that's. That's not what God's called us to do. And in Matthew 28, mm-hmm. we have the great, great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Yes, we know that. That is huge, great comfort. And then he says, go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Mm-hmm. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, we have, uh, in the midst of the, our governments and our re- evil and good leaders and all of that, our political climate, we have a call. We have been commissioned to go and mm-hmm. share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that, that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a, a job that we all have. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, obviously, con- like any sermon, you can't bring in everything that you'd like to bring in, but when you... When we understand that 
nations arose out of it, the judgment of God. It's one of the points I was bringing out uh, from the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Then very next chapter, chapter 12, God raised up Israel mm-hmm. or Abraham and this nation I'm going to bless through this nation. I'm going to bless all the nations of the world, all the families of the world. That really was a call for Israel. Israel was not to live this isolated little life and, and say, you know, we've got God and, you know, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, you guys don't, you know. You know, to hell with you all. Uh, They were to be a light Mm -hmm. to the world. Well, we know they failed. In fact, they actually uh, assimilated the the mindset of the nations of the world. We want a king just like all the other nations have a king. So instead of setting themselves out separately with God, Jehovah, Yahweh as their king, I mean, the the whole um, temple, the, the tabernacle and then the temple, centered around the Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant, which was the throne of God. Mm-hmm. That was where the, that was viewed as the throne room of God. He was the king, but they rejected that. They wanted to be like the other nations. And so instead of being a light and testimony to the other nations, they assimilated like the other nations. And so they lost their, their ability or their, their calling. They missed their calling. They crucify their king, Messiah, as he came, mm-hmm. and God has set them aside, as we know from, from Scripture. But what has he done? You've read the passage. He raised up a new entity, the belief, the body of Christ, mm-hmm. to be a light, um, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the nations, you know, making disciples of all nations. And um, so in one sense, where Israel failed, the church of Jesus Christ is raised up to do that very same thing. So I think we have to, again, see ourselves, that is, we, the believers, we who are um, citizens of heaven and understand our role as citizens of heaven still here on earth, Mm -hmm. that God has uh, a heart for the nations and he wants to bring them back. By the way, this is Mm -hmm. another thing you can look up, I guess, on your own, but in that Genesis 10 passage, just previous to the Tower of Babel passage, it's called the Table of Nations. Mm-hmm. And you've got the family of Moses, um, or of Noah. of Noah, and their sons, and then the, the different nations, it says, that came from them. There are 70 that are listed there. In Luke's gospel, is it chapter 10? Uh, Luke's gospel, Jesus sends out the 72. The 70. Mm-hmm. 70. Or and 70, the Septu- yeah. Septuagint has 72. Mm-hmm. So the Masoretic text, the Hebrew text is okay. 70. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that there's this kind of, maybe this coordination hmm. that God's purposes is to bring back, uh, is to bring the good news, his good news to the nations of the world, to bring it and invite them back into a relationship with him. And uh, that is the calling of the church, that mm-hmm. we are to go mm-hmm. and we are to, um, so so again, I think we're missing our calling when we get so caught up in the events of the world. And no, wait a minute, we are citizens of heaven and uh, to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Right? That's where I went to Philippians chapter one. Right. We are to stand firm and strive together yes. for the advancement of the gospel. Yes. Yeah. Cause and for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer his, for his sake. So how do we let our manner of life be worthy of the gospel? Well, together 
standing firm. And I think that that is why, I mean, what a gift the Bible is to us to be able to see this overview of what, I mean, we have the story right here. We know the ending. We know that Mm -hmm. God wins. We win uh, because of what Jesus has done. And so uh, just rooting ourselves in God's word and and renewing our mind. And um, it's by these mercies that have been given to us that we can strive together and suffer well. Yeah. And you can see if you read uh, like a passage like that from Philippians where Paul wrote or go to Peter, 1 Peter, as he writes to the to a persecuted church scattered abroad and in the diaspora, um, and he brings these same themes together. Or the book of Hebrews, you had not suffered yet to the shedding of blood. Um, but there you you get this sense that the, the the early church, as well as the church throughout the history, the last two thousand years, is a church in exile. Our our home is in heaven, but we're in this world. And um, our goal is not to make sure we have a, a nice, comfortable life, that things go well for us in this mm-hmm. world. It is to engage this world as foreigners, as pilgrims in another land, mm-hmm. from another homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to involve suffering. So suffer well. Um, uh, you know, continue to run the race with endurance, fix your eyes on him, but knowing that there's going to, if, if we're filling, living out our calling, there's going to be suffering because we're engaged in a world that is held in the grip mm. of the evil one. Mm. So, but, but the early church suffered with this. The writers have to be, have to remind the early church, uh, you know, this is part and parcel of being a, a citizen of heaven. We're, we're going to, all those who desire to live uh, for Jesus Christ are going to, are going to suffer. There's mm-hmm. going to be persecution. Mm-hmm. And, um, our goal should not be to lessen the suffering, to lessen the persecution. Now, I, I realize, again, we live in a free society here as to, to a degree, and we can vote and we can get engaged. And why not do that? I mean, why not want to live as what Paul said in, in Timothy? Pray for our spiritual mm-hmm. leader or for our, our governmental authorities mm-hmm. so that we can live a peaceful, quiet life. There's nothing wrong with that. Um but it's for the purpose so that we can engage people with the gospel. And yeah. Um, yeah, you asked a question at the beginning of the sermon, like as citizens of heaven, how do we live as citizens on earth? And uh, I just, I think that it's so important that we realize um, not only our identity, but um, the relationship that we have with our savior. And um, we, we, he is a person and we are in relationship with him. And so how are we cultivating that relationship with him um, and keeping our eyes on him? He is our first love. So let us together keep our eyes on our first love uh, as we walk through everyday life together. And um, with our eyes on him, we can stand firm. With our eyes on him, we can strive together. With our eyes on him, we can suffer well. Right. And with our eyes on him and his plan and knowing that as the king of kings, he's he's coming back Mm -hmm. and everything will be put back together again after this great fall in Genesis 3 and Humpty Dumpty shattered, you know, the the world is shattered to pieces. As we keep that, that focus on what is yet to come, 
Um, because Satan wants to to distract us. Oh I my mean, goodness! Like we we want to yeah. be distracted. We like he he would love for us to put our hope in a a political leader yeah. or a, another relationship or anything like that to distract us, and that's uh, that is going to derail us. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and and we're going to it it, it yeah it's going to derail us, and we're going to um, be less effective. Um, and and not accomplish the very reason why we're put here on earth mm, right. to, to accomplish as this this um, um, special citizenry of heaven that we are mm -hmm. still in there. You know, the majority of of the body of Christ is already in heaven. Um, mm. They're home. We're not yet, mm. and uh, we have to understand that perspective that. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we've got to, as long as we're here, we have a calling uh, mm -hmm. that we have to, to live out. Knowing that he wins, it's all going to be accomplished in its consummated end. Uh, so we have nothing to fear. And we um, uh, don't, don't be, Paul said in that Philippians passage, don't be alarmed by your opponents, hmm. which, uh, you know, is destruction for them and salvation for us. So we don't have anything to be alarmed on. Again, my concern is that I just see Christians pushing the, the panic button and being alarmed all every day for things. Yeah. Rather, like we actually get to participate in God's plan. Like it's going to be really neat to be able to look back and see how God has used us um, in this time and space, just like how he's used uh, yeah. people. Mm. I, I think about the, the Hebrew midwives and the, how Pharaoh was wanting all of the male babies killed, thrown in in the Nile, mm. and but the midwives feared God. So just like just think about how the role that they played mm -hmm. and how God has used that uh, over the course of history. By the way, that's a great segue a little bit to what Dennis is going to be preaching on this weekend with Romans thirteen, where it says, "Be subject to authorities." Mm -hmm. mm. Well. Those Hebrew midwives weren't separate no. <laughs> because the, the the authorities said, you know, go kill those little Hebrew boys, and they opposed it. Mm -hmm. Well, why? They weren't subject to authorities. Well, as Dennis will point out, I mean, well, th there are limits to our subjection to yes, government right, authorities, right, right. Mm -hmm. which will be yeah. Fun. When you mentioned that bottom line in, in your sermon, was, God wins, so keep trusting in Him, and it's so cool to think that as we accept him as our ultimate authority or, or certainly seek to, it's a different kind of authority. I mean, these politicians are promising results, mm -hmm. but God just promises his presence. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what what we do in the midst of waiting for results or, you know, whatever you need or want. And scripture does such a good job of, and Jesus did such a good job of getting to the heart of the issue, whatever, whatever yeah. question arose. And yeah. it's really cool. The build on that point that you just mentioned, <laughs> Caleb, I, I brought up the, um, the um, temptation account of, mm -hmm. of Jesus. And it, it, I think it's neat to tie that to, the, uh, to a First Peter passage in chapter 3, where it talks about Jesus suffering. And in that wilderness temptation account, they're suffering mm -hmm. um, physically, you know, mentally, spiritually, spiritually, the battle. Mm -hmm. And there's that temptation. Um, look at all the nations of the world, all the kingdoms, all the domains. They're under my control. Satan says, I'll give them to you if you just bow down. Jesus, you can get out of this. Mm. You can. You don't have to suffer. You don't have mm. to go through this. Just, I'll give this to you. Um, but it was the presence of his father. He kept entrusting himself, Peter mm. says, to his father. 
who will eventually judge all things. And um, so in Christ, we have that example of how to live while we're, how to, how we live as citizens of heaven while living in this realm and domain that is in the grip of the evil one. And Satan had that, that power to, to present that to Jesus. Of course, there again, Satan was deceived to self-deceived in that, mm. you know, Satan is not omniscient. He's not all knowing. And, uh, you know, he was, he's not, uh, he, he's deceived, not knowing that, um, God does win <laughs> and there is a kingdom coming and he has no part of it, that he will be cast into the lake of fire. And that's a done deal. The, the Colossians two, I brought up the very last at the sermon that he, Christ has disarmed the rulers. Yeah. They are a defeated foe. He those, triumphed over he's them. He's triumphed over them. And those rulers, I think that's the spiritual realm, the, the minions of Satan that, that are in control of the nations of the world, they are defeated, yet still have this level of uh, authority that has been given to them for a time, but they are a defeated foe. We win. You know, and God he's made is us alive together with Christ. Yeah, yeah. that's secured. That's done. Um, and... Um, so let's you know let's move forward into this world with um, grace and peace and and uh, and the power of his presence to engage the nations of the world what we're called to do mm-hmm. uh, which means our neighbor across the street our coworker the people that God has placed in our sphere of mm-hmm. influence and as a local church mm-hmm. to the uttermost part of the world that um um, where, where, where the body of Christ is really suffering um, yeah. uh, in, a, in a very real way. Uh, mm-hmm. We will be probably before long, mm-hmm. um, more, much more so than, than what this country has ever experienced before. Yeah. But uh, we, we have to be prepared for that. And I think a, a, a passage like the ones we looked at and, and this kind of a message Sunday is to help prepare us mm-hmm. to do that. It's mm-hmm. great. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I look forward to next week. Uh, Dennis will be here with us uh, unpacking Romans 13 some more, so that'll be that'll be good. Thank you both for being here. As a reminder to our listeners and viewers, you can find us all over the place. Google Sermon Spotlight pop right up. Uh, subscribe and listen, and you can find us at fbcba.life. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless. <laughs>